Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I'm Sheila Shoiga, and welcome to Ready to Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognize, others you might not. But my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort, or simply entertain you. This week, I speak to mother and blogger Eileen Lachlan. And I do firmly believe she is here and in spirit and she leaves signs. And yes, I still talk to her. Yeah. And I still sit in the morning, like we go in, her room is as is, and she has a little lamp and we turn it on in the morning and open her blind and I say, good morning, Missy Moo. And like, I just chat to her and say, I hope you're having a nice day and you've met lots of friends. And if we're doing something, I'd say, now keep an eye out on your brothers or help them out or, you know, and I, I just over the years have, have spotted little signs. Eileen lives in Delvin, County Westmeath, with her husband Enda and their two sons, Senan, who's 16, and TJ, who's almost nine. And over two and a half years ago, her life changed forever, when their then three-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Annabelle, died in a freak accident in their home. Now, at 22 weeks pregnant, she shares how profound the grieving process is, especially with the new addition on the way, how keeping Annabelle's spirit alive is so important to her, and how she feels her presence with her. This is our conversation. I have to say I was very flattered when you uh, contacted me on Instagram and suggested that we might have a conversation because it was like you read my mind. I had wanted to reach out to you for a very long time, if I'm perfectly honest. Last year, you were on the list of people that I wanted to talk to. And then you appeared on Brian Dowling's grief podcast, Death Becomes Him, which is fantastic. And I felt like she was meant to do that. That was meant to happen. And I thought I'd leave you be. And then I heard about your news about being pregnant. And I was thinking, I wonder would she, if I asked her, would she do it? And then you contacted me. So it felt like 
the timing was right. So thank you so much for reaching out. Um, I'm delighted you're here today. Yeah, I, I love listening to all your podcasts and I know I did Brian's and I have been asked to do one or two and not not many since but I always knew if if I was to do another one I would love to do your one and it was again watching your stories and I think the week you said you were 18 weeks pregnant I was like oh my god I am the exact same and again this thing with numbers and just there and then I was like do you know what Mm. bite the bullet get in touch and then both of us kind of felt the same so yeah with that feeling of it's it's meant to be yeah or, or something For sure. For sure. Let's start with that. Congratulations. Thank you. And to you too. (laughs) Yeah. So we're both 22 weeks pregnant now. Yeah. I'm just today. Yeah. 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 How are you feeling? Good. Good. I'm good now. Once I hit the second trimester, it was just like a switch. I went from feeling awful in the first trimester Mm. and just, just constantly nauseous and tired and... Yeah, but you do quickly forget those feelings and I feel good now and I'm enjoying it because like that I know what to expect nearly in the third trimester. So I'm going to enjoy this now while it is a bit easier to just get around and do things. Yeah. Is it different uh, being pregnant after everything you have been through? Yeah, definitely. I think I wake up every morning and I see the bump and I nearly can't believe or something that I'm actually really pregnant again um yeah and I suppose I had senin when I was 21 so that definitely was a different experience you know people were happy but at the same time at 21 they were kind of concerned that I was young and things like that and then when I and we announced we were pregnant this time like just people's levels of happiness were just unbelievable and I I understand it's obviously because what we've gone through but um yeah it is it is different and there's a lot there's a lot more questions a lot more worries um it down to even the basic I'm older you know I and I think what I've been through, what we've been through, like I know now I follow like hashtags on Instagram, grieving mothers or grieving parents. So you see a lot more. I'm at Witsenen when I was 21. Talk about ignorant. Like I just thought you get pregnant, you have a baby, all is wonderful. Like I didn't realize, you know, the amount of things that could go wrong, the amount of things that do go wrong and just how... You know, so much of it is outside of your control. So it's it's totally different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would imagine you've probably changed radically as a person in the last few years after everything you've been through. Yeah. So I just suppose by the nature of Annabelle's accident that it was sudden. And again, like it's just your certainty in the world is completely turned upside down. You don't take anything for granted. Yeah. And I think... Even with this pregnancy, I kind of thought, well, I'll get to the 12 weeks and then, you know, I'm, I might be more confident about everything. And then I thought, well, I'll get to the scan and everything will be fine. And even now I find myself, well, we'll get the anomaly scan and then I might start thinking about looking at a buggy or buying vests. You know, I just feel like I haven't fully let myself get too excited about it yeah but I do think it will come in time 
you know. And that's, I would imagine, completely normal. Espe- yeah. Especially after the level of loss that you've experienced, which is unfathomable for most people, including myself. And we kind of went into the deep end straight away. So <laughs> I hope you're OK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Annabelle? Yeah. Yeah. No, I probably will tear up and it's not and I, I say this to people, it's not that they're making me sad talking about her like I'm happy. I love talking about her, but it just is hard because it is sad. Um, but, you know, she was just such a little character. So obviously we had the two boys and then I I did really want a girl. Mm. And I always said that to Enda, like, we're going to keep going till we get a girl. And then Annabelle came and like I was over the moon, mm. you know, and from day dot, like she arrived 10 stone, five pound, like, you know, it's, it's she met her mark. Yes. And yeah. we've always said, like, there's a lot of boys on Enda's side, I think maybe 14 boys in a row okay, and then wow. this little girl came so yeah she was, she, so precious she was she was but yet she was just so full of devilment like she was a real messer yeah. and she she was outgoing like you wouldn't have called her shy or introverted she was really outgoing wanted to be stuck in the middle of everything like herself and tj there's about two and a half years between them mm. so and we'd be down at the pitch maybe at Senan's trainings or games and the two of them just headed off around the pitch they made friends even like she had this pair of sketchers light up runners which I can't believe I ever even bought like I'm not a fan of them <laughs> but uh, like it was getting dark and all you could see were these little runners Aww. in the distance and they were running around together happy out yeah. yeah like when she walked into a room she wanted people to notice her like yeah. she, she you always felt her presence and sometimes I do think like as a mother am I am I remembering that like is that really the, the truth? But it is because the other boys are so different. Like TJ would walk into a room and would not want anyone to see him. He's a completely different kettle of fish, yeah. you know? So this was definitely her personality. Like I'd, you'd be in the back of the car and the boys would hop in after school and they'd be telling you their story from the day. And she'd just make up a random story. <laughs> like that didn't happen, <laughs> but she just had to be part of yeah. the conversation. You know, she, yeah, and she just, like, she didn't walk until she was maybe 17 or 18 months. So she was a late walker, but by God, could she talk? That's it. But they always say that. Yeah. It's either one or the other, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So she was full of chat and, like, she loved all the sports and the boys, but we all, myself and Annabelle would go for like our little coffee and hot chocolates and she'd sit and she was great company. Like it'd just be me and her and I'd yap away to her and I don't even know about what, but you know, we had our little girly things. Yeah. And as you said, she was such a character. Some kids, just their personality is all there from such an early age. Yeah. And clearly with her, that's exactly what it was. And all the clips I've ever seen of her on Instagram that you share, we see that. We see that mischievous look in her eye 
and the fact that she was it looked like she was just always up for the crack yes and wanted to just be in amongst the yeah. thick of it yeah myself and feeling. Enda used to say like she is going to be hard work <laughs> yeah. when she hits teenage years like I've said this before but like we always said God she's going to break our hearts and she has done but it just in such a different way of course you know but yeah she 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 was going to keep us on our toes <laughs> yeah yeah oh um so you can imagine what's probably going through my head now and you're probably thinking she's going to have to ask or she will ask me about what happened and it is a very uncomfortable thing to ask you so I can only begin to imagine what it's like for you to even try and respond to and I won't ask you to go into details because that's not appropriate it's not necessary and the last thing I want to do is to re-traumatise you because I'm sure you replay that day an awful lot unfortunately but in November 2018 on a Friday morning like any other Friday morning um, the unimaginable happened so we were it was midterm break so we were all on school holidays and it was Friday and we'd done lovely things all that week which was looking back lovely to have gotten to spend that time together and um, we were going to go to the cinema in the afternoon so it was just up and getting ready and like up early with small ones I suppose and two other friends were down already and like I say it was I think maybe half nine when they came down but um just pottering about so Annabelle TJ and their friend were playing I was in the kitchen and they were in the sitting room just off the kitchen and I just heard a loud crash and um I thought they'd bro- broken a vase or or something but I kind of stormed into the room what's going on and it it just took me like a second to even comprehend what had gone on so uh, some of the fireplace had collapsed and yeah Annabelle was on the ground and it was just from that moment a case of called 999 Senan was amazing that day like we live in the countryside so we are a good 20-30 minutes from our nearest hospital and I thought maybe I'll just bring her and you know, Senan spoke to 999 and there were very much no stay push and Senan was like, Mommy, you have to stay here and he, he was great and the ambulance came and he went to the top of the lane because, you know, just so they'd know where they're going and brought the ambulance down and um, again, they were great and it was just like someone did say, like, if you had to watch that in a movie, you actually wouldn't. Like... There's no point me even trying to describe it. And I'm not one. I just don't want to go into the gory details. Like no one needs to know it, you know, like the people that were there and I had to witness it. It's bad enough. But um, yeah, then a a helicopter came, which like I, I hadn't even expected it. Obviously, we didn't ring one or but it landed in the field beside us. And they they airlifted Annabelle to initially she was going to Beaumont Hospital. And when we landed, they actually said she was going to Temple Street. So, you know, we've we obviously found out since then Temple Street because it deals with children. 
you know, that's why she went there and they did everything they could. We actually did get to meet the team up there and the doctor we met that day and just asked them any questions we had and they were amazing. Like, like... She did have a heartbeat and she was still very much alive when she got to Temple Street, you know. But she couldn't talk back to us just from it. Her jaw had locked. So, like, obviously, we constantly spoke to her, but she couldn't talk back to us. Um, and they were lovely. They told us, look, she she wouldn't have been in pain. The first thing the paramedics did was give her pain relief and anyone that has been concussed would know you don't necessarily remember the pain so like that gave us comfort um so yeah uh and uh obviously it was a friday he was at work so again got in touch with him and i think he was halfway between mullingar and dublin but he got to temple street just as the ambulance was pulling in with myself and annabelle and we waited in our room and then family came up and um, then uh, the the nurse or doctor came out to us and said, you can go in and see her. And like, I genuinely thought she was fine, not that she was fine, but... She pulled through. Yeah. And when, when we got in, they just told us, and they have to be blunt in what they say like she's dying you need to say goodbye and it is every mother's and every father's worst nightmare and it is as difficult as you think it's going to be it was just it felt like it just didn't feel like it was my life I was in. It felt like you were watching something else. And you just looked at all these people in the room and you were kind of like, can none of you do anything? And we did. We got to say goodbye. And they were lovely. I got to lie up beside her and I got to sing her Twinkle Twinkle. yeah so you know it is and obviously it is difficult to go through and I don't go through it very often and people might wonder why are you going through it now but there is a sense of healing as well going through it and talking does and it just I don't know it just this is Annabelle's story it's it's what happened and I don't I don't want anyone to feel pity for us or I I don't want it as a sob story because as I say I rarely do speak about it and I choose when I speak you know and I was very aware of who I wanted to speak about it with you know but it is it is the reality for so many families. We're not the only families that have gone through this. And unfortunately, 
we won't be the only through family that go through it in the future. Like it is, and I know myself how helpful I found listening to other people's stories. But um, yeah, it is. It is as awful as anyone would imagine. And I suppose for us, you have the grief side of it. We're grieving Annabelle, but there's also a very real trauma in what all of us went through. And that does kind of carry on in your day to day life then after that. So, yeah, it, 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 that one day, like, and you know, it's easy to read the Pinterest quotes and live every day because, you know, you don't know if you'll wake up tomorrow. But that, that was Annabelle's life. Like, she actually didn't wake up the next day. And yeah, it's just, there, there's nothing for it, only it is unfair and it is. You know, there is no reason behind it and the accident that happened, there was no preventing it. There was no, there was nothing we were aware of. And I think for us, you know, like, it's not like we can ever say, oh, we should have done this or we should have done that. There was nothing. It was a freak accident. And I do feel like she got the best of care she the ambulance were out as quickly as possible she was airlifted to dublin she had a team of i think 12 doctors working on her and they did everything they could and it just it just wasn't enough on the day her her injuries just were too bad Sorry, now I know you're pregnant and I I even thought last night, I was like, is this madness? No, I never apologise. It's just, I think it's it's so impossible for anyone listening, including myself, who hasn't experienced your level of grief. Child loss is so, it's such a particular, profound grief. And I have spoken to some people on the podcast already who've had experienced it. And it makes me realise that I can never understand and I think Suzanne said, Suzanne McLean said, it's like you're, you become a part of a club that you never want to be part of. If you spot someone and you know they've lost a child, you just feel like you have this instant connection. Okay. You just get each other. And that's not to mean and the other people who are trying to understand. Like, I think people are amazing that they do try and understand. But there is just something about meeting someone who's gone through and that's in every walk of life like no matter what you've experienced but when it comes to child loss there is this just they get it yeah and nobody else can no and I suppose with the grief thing then that leads into like like it is people only mean the best but they think well if that was me I would do x y and z if that was me I wouldn't be able to go away a month later you know but you just actually don't know that's saying unless you've walked in their shoes you don't know and if if that's you know I I felt myself having to like remind myself it doesn't matter what other people think 
if if I'm doing something that helps me or helps my family or if this is the way we are dealing with our grief, so be it if if someone else doesn't think it's the right way. Yeah. And that's so that's so important because everyone experiences difficulty or grief or whatever whatever it is in their own way. And unfortunately, there can be a lot of judgment about how somebody handles it. And I think it's a lesson for all of us to to just stop. If 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 there's a little thought in your mind going, I wonder why he or she is doing that, stop it. Mm. It's not up to us to judge anyone else and how they respond to a situation. And as you said, if you're if you were doing it for you and your family, well nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Did you did you find that judgment from people? I don't know, was it just me? like overthinking things rather than anyone actually meaning to judge but little things like I took it very personally if they said to me like and are you going back to work I'd be like my daughter passed away a month ago like am I meant to be going back to work but I don't think they meant it in that way I think it was just conversation but and yet I met a lovely friend and she She said, I, I assume you haven't gone back to work yet. And to me, I was like, oh, my God, like, no, I haven't. And that meant the world to me. Yeah. But again, that's not me judging someone. And went back to work way before I did. So I'm not judging someone who sure, does choose sure. to go back. Yeah. It is hard. Like, what, how are you meant to word it or say it? And yes, for some people, getting busy and getting stuck in works for them for me I just had to slow right down like my focus was the two boys just and it it was conscious decision it was very much we need to go back to are we eating well are we getting sleep yeah and that was it like you know because people are lovely and they want to come and be there but by nine o'clock I was like no, like everyone can go home. I need to get the boys to bed. I need, you still need to get the homework done, you know. So it's, it's just to go back and get those basics, eat well, get your sleep and then take it from there step by step. But yeah, and for me, I just completely slowed down. I got up, I got the boys out to school. Then I like, I just remember you drop, drop to school and I'd come home and I'd just cry and cry and then you know maybe meet a friend for coffee and I'm sure people would think like oh my god she she's doing well she's out for coffee and you know but again you just only see a snippet of someone's life and then you'd pick the boys up and it'd be into the usual homework and dinner and that's that's how we got through the first week and then the first month and just the basics and it it was definitely so difficult like there's no sugar coating it and yet I I know obviously I share a lot on Instagram but I would say I hold back a huge amount the odd time I share that I share a lot of Annabelle which I love but how I I really feel I, I probably don't yeah. just because I never want to look like Oh, here's your one on again, looking for sympathy. And maybe people don't 
think that but that's just not how I want to come across and again I'm not judging anyone who who d- has their Instagram account and runs it whatever way they want but just for me that's how I feel okay and you have to do what's right for you I, mm. I, I absolutely don't think anyone would ever ever think that of you but I understand as well that you're doing what feels right for you and that's yeah. all that matters that's all that matters and you know you do run a gorgeous page a gorgeous page you have such a huge following people who adore you and love what you're about and you do share a lot about your you know your life and 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 Annabelle but I can fully appreciate that we are only seeing a certain amount and like I absolutely get that Mm. and and even from from my own perspective there's so much of my life that people wouldn't necessarily see either and I think that's probably you know something for all of us to keep in mind that while Instagram is a wonderful platform and it's one I really like and I really enjoy sometimes I think we can feel that we're seeing the full picture and really I don't think we are with anyone because it's always a life outside of our social media um, mm. persona per se yeah and uh, and it's important to keep an eye on that and be aware of it um, so while you were trying to come to terms with the unimaginable and your own your own grief you still you're trying to keep the show on the road for your for your family yeah was that in its it, I can imagine in one level it was it was a help because it was a kind of a mm-hmm. distraction yeah. mind the boys try and keep a sense of normality going but then I would imagine on the other side did it did it make your your grieving process even tougher that you couldn't just just think of yourself I suppose yeah. you weren't just thinking of yourself no which I think was good I think for it was better that we didn't know their focus and we were very much like let's try our best to lead by example you know mm. um, now the boys did complain why did they have to go back to school and I didn't because being a teacher I was like well no I'm just it's different yeah. but uh, that was just chance in their arm <laughs> but they really like Annabelle's fu- funeral was the Tuesday and they they went back to school at the following Monday which Seems difficult too, and yet it routine and normality and their friends and just a lot of it is like you're going to have to do it sometimes. So just get stuck in no more than something as simple as the grocery shopping. Like the first time I did that was torture. And you wouldn't imagine, but when you're walking by the aisles and it's the food but there's Annabelle's yogurts. Oh God, yeah. But you don't pick them up. Like it's 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 madness. The things that you never realised would be difficult are suddenly awful. Like, yeah. and I I remember like she was three, but she still ate those pouches that babies eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She loved them, and they were fruit. And yeah, I bought dozens of them for her, and she loved them, but. You know, I, I just remember standing there staring at them and being heartbroken that I'd never get to buy them again for her, which is, is daft. But, you know, there's just little things like that, that. But once you did it once and the more you do it, the more you get used to it and you just you, you go about it. Because honestly, I'd say if I still wanted someone to do my shopping for me, the would like people just bent over backwards they would have and did 
anything for us as a family and still still do such kind things and the way she's remembered you know you're very you're very known and you're very loved in your community I get that feeling because obviously Enda as well you know played hurling for for Westmeath very well known in his own right and then with you you know yes you're a teacher but you have a following online as well so I, I, it was came as no surprise when I heard that the funeral was like a huge, a huge turnout of people who mm. wanted to be there to support. To I support think we you all. were even shocked, and I know it's like it's not about numbers and it's not about that, but just the support. Like I, I remember the evening of the removal, Annabelle. We brought her home to our own bed, you know, and even we were talking to our endless sister and her husband like we still talk about it you know it's still like we still can't believe the amount of people it was a november night in the dark stood on the lane like just and i hugely my feeling on it was well you know, yes, the people were coming for me and Enda, but to me, they were coming to say goodbye to Annabelle. Like, you were never going to see her again. Yeah. So that's how I felt. And, you know, again, different people would say, oh, did you not find that so difficult? And no, I would have stood there all week if I had to for as many people to come. And just, again, to see and feel that support, something I hugely think must be awful for families during COVID because I know how much it meant to us and even to this day like to think that those people and after the removal we were kind of like the church is going to be empty tomorrow I I think we pretty much saw everyone we could possibly know but no like you drove up to the church and it was full and then down to the graveyard and there were more people and it's it just means a lot like uh, it's hard to describe I suppose myself and Enda are very fortunate in that we've we haven't really lost anyone close to us we both still have both sets of parents all our siblings so I suppose this was our first experience of you know Loss. loss and of the difference and of the importance of a funeral like I I don't think we had realised it even from our side attending them I don't think we had realised the importance of what you're actually doing Yeah, you know but I felt for TJ so the month's mind came and he was like oh I don't want to go you just you know we'll go to mass and then you can put on your tracksuit after and you can play with your cousins but he thought that amount of people were going to come and shake his hands again okay, and he said yeah. no 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 it's no shaking hands this time it's just mass you'll be fine you know but even for Senan, like to see his school teachers come out yeah. I know that meant a lot to him you know and that they didn't have to but they made the effort and yeah it, it it definitely has stuck with us the support and even then moving on from that um we had our tournament and that was huge and she has jerseys Annabelle's all-star jerseys in pink and gray and that's what 
2018. So where is this? Three summers on? And we still see those jerseys. Oh, wow. And they mean so much. And like, I don't know what's said. I don't want me sharing this, but I just, it it melted my heart. And one day, he said, and is so 16, and he started working at Cool Camps. And he was with the under eight group on Monday. And he had his Annabelle's grey jersey on and a little group of girls came up to him and said, were you at the Annabelle's tournament? And he said, yeah, yeah, I was. And they were like, we were there too. It was really good fun. He said, oh, very good. And they said, we knew Annabelle. We were in the same play school as her. And she was really nice. And I just thought like, wow, isn't that lovely? Yeah. You know? Oh my God. And they remembered her. Yeah. Of course they did, yeah. Wow. You know, I just thought... See, her spirit is here and Mm. alive. And and I suppose as well by having this conversation today, when you share photos or videos of her, you know, being adorable and being a little maggot, as she seemed to be a lot of the time, which is fabulous. Um, you know, you're you're we 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 it feels like we're all connecting with her and that she's she's here. Well, I definitely believe, you know, in energies and and I do firmly believe she is here and in spirit and she leaves signs. And yes, I still talk to her. Yeah. And I still say in the morning, like we go in, her room is as is and she has a little lamp and we turn it on in the morning and open her blind and I say, good morning, Missy Moo. And like, I just chat to her and say, I hope you're having a nice day and you've met lots of friends. And if we're doing something, I'd say, now keep an eye out on your brothers or help them out or, you know, and I, I just over the years have, have spotted little signs and... Yeah, I just think, and even that's what I think about, like energy as well. Like, I think all these people who at the time wish us well and send us strength. And when you say like, I'm thinking of you or I'm praying for you, I genuinely think they go out, you know, and they, they help you through because I don't know where we had the strength to keep going, but you do. And I do think people's well wishes are important you know absolutely I'm a huge believer in that mm. massive when you say you know you, you you feel that she gives you signs and there are times when she's with you where do you feel her strongest in in her room well for me I I lo- like being in her room Um, I know Enda not that he likes being at the graveyard but Enda would go to the graveyard a lot more than I would I'd take or leave the graveyard I just find it if I stop at all and think of the actual reality of what it is in the graveyard I just can't whereas I suppose in her room with her pictures and all her little bits and pieces I just feel way more at ease because you remember her as she was Yeah, yeah 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 but Again, that's just myself and Enda would be very different in most things in life. So, you know, and it's great that he can accept that I don't go there as often and I can accept that, well, that's where he gets solace and that's that's fine, you know. And I've heard that's very common. I've heard that that some people do take huge comfort from 
going to the grave, placing flowers, you know, having a conversation or saying a prayer. But for other people, it really doesn't work for them. Mm. And and that's OK. Mm. And again, I suppose it's it's the message that there is no one size fits all when it comes to dealing with grief and loss. And we all have to find what works for us. But in your situation, because it's such a profound grief, you don't need to explain to anyone as as in what you like or what you don't and what works for you, what doesn't. You just do what, what feels mm. right for you. Yeah. A- and that is always the right thing. Yeah. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. When you talk about signs and and feeling like, you know, maybe you there was a sign and, and you mentioned numbers at the beginning as well. What kind of things resonate for you? Or can you give me examples of times when you felt that you were given a sign by by Annabelle? Yeah, well, definitely white feathers. And I'm a bit like I just tell her, like, I want a nice, big, bright one. Yeah. No, like, you know, make sure I know. And it it, it will nine times out of ten be big and a, a really white feather. OK, you know, things like that so random flies like because Annabelle hated them you know (laughs) but if you hear one buzzing you'll just think of her I remember hopping into the car for the first time after after Annabelle's funeral and there was a fly there and I was like oh my gosh like is that (laughs) should I let the fly out or you know there's just lots of different things that even the likes of a song coming on in the car that you're like you feel like what are the chances of that you know I feel like I should write these things down but I I, I don't um well you have them for yourself and that's the most important place to have them or in Australia so I went to Australia that Christmas for my sister's wedding and there was a pink car with a number plate and written on it was Annabelle and I was like 
if that's not a sign, I, I don't know what is, you know. Um, I remember you said that on yeah. the podcast with Brian and I got goosebumps when, yeah. you, when you spoke about that story. Um, I think in the beginning I was a lot more reluctant to believe in them, whereas now I very much take them as a sign. And you just kind of know because they come when you're having a tough time or when you feel you need them. Yeah. That's when they'll be there. Yeah. Mm. Just going back to um, that trip to Australia. Mm-hmm. So um, that was the following month. Yeah, when you say it now, and when I look back now, so yeah, Annabelle was buried the start of November, and then my sister Gronya had obviously planned her wedding in in Australia for that Christmas yeah. and all my family were going over. Now Enda and TJ were always and Annabelle we thought were staying at home and just myself and Senan were going to go over. Just lots of reasons like flying five of us to Australia. Sure, and cost yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just said myself and Senan would go. So obviously Gronya and her fiancé at that time, now husband, came home for Annabelle's funeral. My brother flew home from Taiwan for Annabelle's funeral. Another cousin from Australia. Like, it was just, it was seeing people. A a good friend was in the church the next day and she had flown home from England. And I I just, I would never expect anyone to do that. But they did. And it meant a lot. But anyway, Gronia was getting married. So, obviously initially it was like no way like we we wouldn't go but then I just I felt it was the right thing to be there for her like she Gronya had been there for everything in in my life and I wanted to be there for her and I just decided yeah myself and Senan would go all my family were obviously going to be there for Christmas so it, in a sense, I'm grateful that it was always going to be a very different Christmas. Yeah. I don't think I would have coped very well with our traditional of course, yeah. Christmas, have everyone over. So, yeah, I was home uh, Christmas Eve for Santa coming and Santa still left Annabelle presents and still every year does leave Annabelle a present and would bring it down to her grave. Um but then since Stephen's morning, we, we went to Australia and, you know, you know, it did. It was probably the best way for me to spend Christmas. And I know yeah. it's myself and Enda weren't together, but he was very well minded and mollycoddled by his family. And so were TJ. And it just again, it, it worked for us. It was such a distraction yeah, and I was a just break say, yeah. and a, a change. You know, and I suppose, like, I I think of, for my parents, like, like, how would you be so happy for one daughter and so heartbroken for another? Like, uh, how would you figure that out? But, like, they're amazing. They always have been since day dot. Like, genuinely, we're, we're blessed with mom and dad. And um, yeah, they're they're just they're just always there, you know. They they don't have to be 
stuck in the middle of things but you just know they're always there and they'll give a hand and they remember Annabelle in their own way everyone does like you know and you go into a house and you'll just always see her picture there somewhere yeah and we might mention it or it might be mentioned to us but myself and Enda see it we know it and we appreciate it yeah yeah because you talk about her every day and she's very much yeah in your lives despite not physically yeah physically being in your lives but she is in every other sense she's with you every day she really really is and she does just very naturally come up in conversation it's not that we feel we need to force ourselves to remember her there's you just you don't and it's even lovely like um, so the school I teach in recently opened a small kind of play area in her memory and like you know I know it was all delayed because of Covid but it was actually probably nicer that it has been this time and I even found I was away with friends and we're all in the stage of kids and stuff and you're chatting and how are the boys but I found for me it was lovely they were able to say and Annabelle has her play area and I thought I still get to talk about her yeah yeah you know yeah and And that's so important yeah the fact that they brought it up I still get to chat about her she's still remembered they're still all comfortable around me chatting about her and that you know it's it's yeah it means a lot and and I know I have a lot of people would reach out and say like my friend or someone I know has lost a child what should I do or what should I say or and I think it's just that like allowing them to speak and listening and there's there's never going to be a solution for what happened like no amount of talking is going to change it but to know that someone will listen and not say at least like that's a bit of a pet hate of mine sure like well at least you have the two boys well at least you know something else but just listen and say gosh yeah it is it's crap and you know acknowledge it and I think with a lot of different things in life it's it's not necessarily that the person wants a solution they just want someone to listen and acknowledge and that's that's half of it sometimes yeah it really is with that with that with any any mm, problem exactly knowing yeah. that you're heard and you're seen is so important there's nothing more frustrating than opening up to somebody and they're cutting across you or they're trying to you know and you're like I just can I just tell you how I feel mm. can you just listen to me and it's it's difficult and I, I you know in a very different way I know there's no comparison but in my own way I've been in that situation as well and and it does make you sometimes then realise well I can't maybe open up to that person or you know what I'm going to save that conversation for somebody else and some people are naturally better at mm. it I think natural some people are, are, are just better listeners and well I'm, I'm lucky I have some really good listeners in in my life I do I have some really go-to people and they would listen forever and ever yeah and you just glanced at your sister who's in the room with you today yeah. uh, one of your three sisters is Doreen is in the room yeah um and it does sound like you're 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 a tight-knit family 
You're close. We are, yeah. For the, we're we're normal. Like you kill each other. The yeah, yeah. yeah like normal. we're we're not like the Waltons. And yeah, it's, sure. It's it's you know we're very <laughs> much a normal. And I think sometimes maybe that was that's the difficult thing about myself and Andrew. when people look at us. It's like whoa, they're we're just like them. Like yeah, they're so normal, and this happened them, and you suddenly realize well, like it can happen any of us. You know, it's it's not we're not there in a newspaper like us, you know, like out yeah. in Hollywood or it's we're just the most ordinary family. And this just happened to happen. And it, it just it does shake you to the core because you think, wow. And even now it's like it happened to us. But I fully re- I'm like not you just think there's you don't know what's going to happen. And. I probably have turned into much more of a worrier than I ever, ever was. Because you now just think like the worst can happen. And it's an awful way to live your life. And I suppose I was very lucky I never did. You know, and there's there's people and I'm sure no matter what life experience you go through, whether it's losing a child, whether it's being ill, you suddenly... You have a lot more worries about this could happen again or it could happen. A loved one, you're even just down to like phone calls now. You know, I remember for a long time finding it like I rang daddy that morning and I found it just hard to ring him in the morning time because I was like, I don't want to worry him. I don't want him to think I'm ringing because something has happened. You know, little, little things like that. You just, you kind of ring and you're like nothing's wrong I'm just ringing to say will you pick up or do you know little yeah. things like that that you just you took for granted beforehand but now they have a different meaning you seem to be such a considerate person um, I get the feeling from listening to you that you you're very nurturing as a personality and you want to mind people. You're constantly kind of trying to think about other people d- while managing your own um, feelings through it all. Can I ask, did you get help with, in terms of, um, you know, keeping her her spirit uh, very much alive, talking about her, keeping her room as it was? Was that something that you instinctively decided to do yourselves or did you get some advice or a bit of help with that on how to maybe process and and live with the grief? I think a lot of it was instinctive. A lot of even like decisions around the funeral, around songs, around like someone said to me, we each wore a pink rose and they were like, how did you even think I want a pink rose? And I said, I don't know. It just felt right. Yeah. You know, there were, there's so many decisions and yet so many are just instinctive. But then also, you know, we have close family and friends who know us so well, like and know like, no, Eileen wouldn't want that or yeah, yeah. she would want that or, you know, so people were very aware and conscious of like, well, what do we think? Or just asked us straight out like, well, Temple Street had a fantastic bereavement team. So obviously Annabelle passed away there. And there was a lady there that we met on the day, Anne, and then another lady, Anne-Marie. So they came to visit us in our home a few weeks later, maybe. And 
for me I, I did find that support huge I suppose initially I thought oh my gosh we all need counsellors and psychiatrists and psychotherapists and anything that started with psycho anything we would need it because and they were fantastic at explaining and this stuck with me and maybe it could stick with someone else they were said it's like a pyramid and down at the widest part at the very bottom if you imagine you get your support from your clo- the most support from your closest family and your closest friends then the next layer is maybe the school like for the boys their schools and they could support and then the next layer could be your community so for us we were involved in the GA with Delvin and Clonkill yeah. and they were huge like that was a huge part actually uh, that helped us as a family and then she said at the top at the tip of the pyramid if you feel you need it you can get some support from outside help from counsellors and therapists and you know but she said don't don't always assume that you need it straight away you know and I thought for me that made a great amount of sense because sometimes I think if if I had 60 euro I could spend it on a a counsellor or I could just go for coffee and dinner with two of my closest friends and that could actually may mean as much as spending yeah, it now yeah, yeah, yeah. we have though I'm, I'm not going to say we have gone to counselors both myself and enda went separately and look at we tried it absolutely the, the man i went to was absolutely lovely i would never fault him i just didn't feel i needed to continue going or i just yeah i didn't at that time feel i, I needed it um, and again the boys I'm very conscious that I don't want to, uh, they both have gotten a bit, but I don't go into it in detail because I think that's private to them and that's for them, you know, but um, Temple Street did now stay with us for a year and they'd, they'd call on and off and they met with the boys and they were always the other end of the phone, which I think like I, I had that lady on my favorites list yeah, and just yeah. knowing not that I re- rang her regularly but knowing I mm. had someone like if TJ said X, Y and Z what's the right or wrong thing to do and of course like there was never a right or wrong thing there yeah, isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. but talking it through with someone made a difference and I think for me because they had been there since day dash. Mm. They they had seen us like at our worst. I just felt a connection with them, you know, and yeah, I'm I'm so grateful for them. I felt like that was probably the most important kind of outside support that we got. Yeah. Um. At the time, and then kind of after a year, the wean off. And I remember the first time they told me that, like you know, usually it'd be a year. Or I thought, no, like you can never leave me, leave my side. Like I won't get through this. And then it just does gradually. After a year, you you learn ways of coping and you learn what works for you and sometimes you learn through doing the wrong thing not Mm. necessarily wrong but I know Annabelle's first birthday we had both 
families over the entire family and it's what we wanted to do and and it was lovely but then by her next birthday I thought maybe we'll just do the four of us and we'll go away and we'll try it that way yeah and see how that goes so sometimes it is trial and error by doing it one way you kind of think well maybe we could try it a different way things like that you know you just you live and you learn kind of what works and I I can kind of nearly at this stage see a pattern in myself like I go along okay and then I know when the tears are starting to well up and I and then you hit a day where you just you let them out and for me crying is a huge release yeah and it helps me and again that's just me so and again I'm a talker talking to people helps so and is totally different I, I don't know <laughs> he has his own ways and, you know and, that, and that's why you're together yeah. as, as is often the case as yeah. is the case with 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 my partner we're while fundamentally there are huge similarities it's also massive differences between us yeah and in the majority of relationships that's the way it is because yeah. if you were attracted to another version of you it probably wouldn't work and same for him if he was attracted to somebody that was very like him it wouldn't just oh, no, wouldn't work two enders wouldn't work <laughs> Sorry, two islands would be grand two, <laughs> two islands would be wonderful <laughs> <laughs> love it um, no but it's just and even with the boys they're very different but you do yeah. you just you know you you learn how to keep her memory alive without overdoing it and the boys like little things I remember early on my screensaver was Annabelle and TJ said to me I know she's your screensaver you loved her the most and I was like no I do like I love you all oh, the same yeah. but you just don't know what's going on in their heads so the fact that he said that and you could talk it through and explain it and then I learned from there the screensaver is all of us and and yet I've already thought like what screensaver will I use when the new baby comes yeah yeah but I know I'll like do a clash or something but um it's just that reality that the new baby will never met Annabelle but and it's a whole new kind of navigating like do you know I I would have read things about children born after a sibling passed away and always feeling in their shadow and I'm like oh I don't want to create that but I want this new baby to be aware it has a, a sister Annabelle so you know there's there's with the new baby there's there's other things as well that again if 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 Annabelle was still with us, we wouldn't even be considering. Like you wouldn't be wondering what screensaver. You wouldn't yeah. like I wonder if it's a girl, would I actually put some of Annabelle's clothes on it? Yeah. Or not? I, I don't know. Like again, in this little girl's room and you have another baby like will kind of play with her toys. And again, there's two of us to consider. I'd be a lot more easy going and, ah, yeah, sure, let let them play. But, you know, I have other people to consider too and they mightn't sure. think, they might think, no, they're Annabelle's, leave them be. So there's lots of other conversations that will have to be had and I'm sure there's things we haven't even thought about that we're going to come across. But even in the fact that 
being pregnant for me every checkup every scan meet a stranger how are oh and you're expecting and is this your first baby and I say oh no and then that second you said you say third or fourth but I will nine times out of ten say fourth sure you know but then you put someone in the awkward and what ages are your others and you're thinking you know so it's 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 after bringing a lot of things up again simply being pregnant by going into checkups by being asked those questions natural normal everyday questions that I don't think I don't think people should stop asking them in any manner shape or form but for me it's it's bringing a lot of things up again you remind me of an article that um Michal Martin did did you read that with the, with the with yeah with the yeah. times I thought that and, was and that was one of the things that came up when he was asked about mm. how many kids and I suppose again these are questions or are answers that we don't think of unless we've been through it ourselves of how will that feel for somebody if I'm asking this question because we I suppose the truth is none of us ever know really what's going on in people's lives no no. And how often do we meet people and we just have kind of idle chit chat? But that idle chit chat might be just, you might be pressing some very, very sensitive buttons in but the I, process. I don't think we can go through life, though, walking on eggshells. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, I wouldn't like to see it become a, a thing that you, you just don't ask the question. I'm I like, know. And you people's know, intention is the most important. That is yeah. my thing. And all along, even some of the things that were said to us, you think, really? But nobody is intending to say something that hurtful. to hurtful. Yeah. You know. They just don't think sometimes. Yeah. And do you know what? I probably was that person. And I think maybe that's why I might be quite okay with it. Because I'm thinking, I must have said some stupid things in my time. You know. Same I, as me. Yeah. You just, you don't think. And I, again, I, I don't think anyone's intention is coming from a bad place. So that's why I'd never... And they're probably going home kicking themselves more than I'm thinking about it. Yeah, you yeah, know? absolutely. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, I suppose, with the new baby, there's this whole other layer of questions that you might not typically have to face into, you know, but so many families have those same questions. And I suppose all you can do is take it a day at a time. So far, you've been, you know, making decisions kind of based on your instinct and what feels right. So that won't steer you wrong either in the future when when, you know, their little baby sister or brother comes comes into the world in November that whatever you decide to do, you'll do it together as a family and it'll be the right thing. Yeah. Um, but I can only begin to imagine that the thinking ahead and the what if. And as you said, you've probably become more of a worrier now, naturally, mm. after what you've been through. So you probably analyse what will this be like? What will that be like? Mm. Um, and and I can only imagine being pregnant at the at the best of times is is is, 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 is it, it's huge. It's huge on your physical well-being and mental and emotional. But with everything you've gone through, it's it's an, there are, you know, extra layers, extra layers. Mm. Um but I get the feeling that you're allowing yourself feel happy about it too. In general, though, that was a big thing, like from day dot, like you had to allow yourself feel happy again. Yeah. Without the guilt. Yes. Because in the beginning, if you found yourself smiling, you automatically thought, why am I smiling? Like, I am so sad. And you felt guilty. 
okay. you're like if Annabelle sees me smiling like that's awful but it was a hundred percent a conscious decision to allow happiness in yeah. you know yeah. and I think having a baby like there's no bigger kind of sense of happiness yes so I don't know but I think it's emotional I think I cried when all of them were born so that's not going to be any different you know like there'll still be tears regardless but yeah like you have to and yet I suppose you don't want this to sound the wrong way but when people see you are here I'm pregnant you don't want them thinking now she's grand pregnant happy again all is well in her world you're like no I'm still so incredibly sad yeah that Annabelle is not here but separate to that I'm happy that we're having a new baby like just having another child does not replace or diminish the sadness we feel that we don't have Annabelle you know yeah of course of course any baby any child that is lost they can never ever be replaced no no and that's and people are lovely and they say oh Annabelle's sending this baby and I'm like yeah that's what I'm worried about <laughs> I'm like, please send one that sleeps <laughs> you know she's full of devilment and look at you know they're just I, I suppose my biggest worry is like Annabelle had such a strong character just not compare the children and again if it's a boy I think naturally there's less comparison Whereas if it's a girl, it's easier to compare. So, so much of that kind of stuff is is going on in my head. That, But I'm happy that I'm aware of it, that I'm conscious that, okay, try not compare or things like that. So it, it's all just bridges we'll have to cross and yeah. we will, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. You know? So you're due in November. Mm. And un- unfortunately, that was also the month that Annabelle passed away. Um, so it'll be it'll be three years this November. Yeah. And and then there'll be this new addition in the family. That's that's pretty loaded, isn't it? It is. It's not that we planned to have a baby in November. You know, it just again, I, I, I think I've gotten used to in life. Things do not go to plan like my <laughs> my my whole life. I don't think anything goes to plan. So look, it, it is what it is. Perhaps there's a reason behind it. Again, I'm booked in for a section. I suppose in my head, I just don't want to get in too near Annabelle's anniversary. And yet I'm like, look, if heaven forbid there's some reason I go early, so be it. You you can't control it. And then our wedding anniversary is November 3rd. So the day after Annabelle passed away. So yeah, it's, 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 it's a full on month. But look, it's such as life. You kind of can't plan exact dates and times and you just go with the flow because what else can you do yeah how do you mind yourself um you mentioned there that you know you can feel it you can sometimes feel when the tears are going to come and you're going to have maybe a day where you just need to let it all out Mm. um but on a day-to-day basis do you have do you have things in place that help you because I know that getting out for your coffee and and doing that is really important yeah for minding yourself yeah like I I kind of wish I was a person who like took into being real fit and exercising and that helped me but that didn't happen um, <laughs> <laughs> no it just being around some good friends having a cup of coffee again 
hopping into bed with the tablet and watching reality TV is my switch off my brain time. Yeah, sure. And again, it's maybe not the typical like go for a walk and get fresh air and drink water. It's like hop into bed with a cup of tea and a bar of chocolate. And that works for me. Yeah. You know, and I do feel like, yes, I am very lucky. I'm at the stage where my boys would notice if I was in bed or in the kitchen doing the dishwasher like they're they're quite content if yeah. they're either at sports or they're playing their PlayStation you know and and I am very conscious as well like when the baby comes there'll be no hopping into the bed with the tablet like so you know it just I'll have to be mindful of it's going to be busier but I still think and I have to say and uh, my husband I don't want to give him a big head but he is very good and like if I'm ever upset I'll always say Jeez, I'm sorry for crying and he'll always say like don't be and even yeah, that yeah yeah that that phrase three years on or whatever you know that he'll still sit there and put up with me in floods of tears means a lot to me you know of course. so yeah, it just and again, I, I think I've I've slowed down a lot. I, I took a career break, which suited me. I just felt I did go back for on job share and I just felt like I needed a bit more time. And, you know, sometimes if my head is in a negative space, I will like say like, oh, that's ridiculous. Like other people can go back to work and other people can do X, Y and Z. But I'm like. I'm not other people. Sure. I just, I like slowness. I like taking it easy. I I like as well that through Instagram, I still got to do a bit of work, but more on my terms. There wasn't a clocking in and clocking out. And it it was very much on my terms. And I still got to be creative and Mm. think about things, you know. So that's where this year, the career break, it, it did work out well for me. And I did find myself actually like thinking so far ahead. I'm like, well, after the baby goes back, like I'll be back to work and who'll mind the baby and who'll this. And and then I just had to stop myself and say, no, like there's, and I did it when the others were small and I, I would have been worrying about, you know, getting Annabelle to school and a minder. And, and you just have to stop yourself and say, you just don't know that far ahead in the future. And I, I learned it the hard way. Like I, Annabelle didn't get to primary school. So, you know, there was worries that I had that never came to fruition. So I do try stop myself now and be like, look, take this year and then see where it goes after that. And that's all I can do, I suppose, at the moment, rather than thinking too far ahead into the future. Yeah. Before I let you go, are there any particular memories and I know you probably have a flood of Annabelle memories to cherish forever but are there any particular moments with her that stand out or that you replay in your mind as that was just a gorgeous time with her no there's none that stand out because we did spend a lot of time just sitting playing Barbies yeah and I suppose TJ always wanted me to play tractors and I just, I don't know how to play tractors. I'm like, <laughs> what am I meant to do? Whereas Barbies I could do and like she'd put on a little twang and she'd have an old phone and she'd just be full of chat and let's go do this and let's go do that. And so just sitting with Barbies playing with her, you know, the, the simple 
thing it's not it it wasn't the big days out it wasn't the the foreign holidays abroad were lovely and we enjoyed them and slathered some black on them and all of that but it, it genuinely was the sitting on the couch having the chats playing with the barbies those those kind of things and just you know it was very lucky the week of midterm we'd done lots of nice things together we actually had a little halloween party and we had all mom and dad and the cousins and everyone was there and it was lovely and just having those photos and videos again i suppose you probably see on instagram i do i always just took a lot of photos and videos and now but the thing is they were mostly of annabelle like tj doesn't like the camera so he he wouldn't really be a fan whereas i've so many of annabelle and you do wonder is is there a reason behind that who knows Mm. but i'm just glad i have them like i wish i had more but look at i still am lucky to have the amount i do have and i think the photos that mean the most are just the ordinary like i've one of us standing at the sink on saint patrick's day peeling carrots and that's the one that i love more than the posed in the good clothes ones you know, it's yeah. it's those ordinary. The kitchen is probably a mess behind me, but I, I don't see that anymore. And that's a really important message for all of us, you know, with kids, without kids, but just to capture real moments rather than the ones when you're you're standing, smiling, posing. It's, it's yeah. those beautiful moments of normality that really capture what, what I suppose in that moment it captured your you know your relationship as as mother and daughter yeah do something as simple as a family is just getting the dinner ready yeah and has gotten better because you know like before you'd be like enter, enter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. like the the moment would be gone but he's he's good now at just getting those ordinary moments and i think they're they're for me anyway they're the most special yeah eileen thank you so much for um for being here and for allowing yourself to have this conversation, especially now that you're pregnant, because, you know, it's it's an added level of emotion, of hormones, of everything else that's going on. Um, but I also know how important it is to you um, and to your family that you, that you that you talk about Annabelle mm-hmm. and keep her spirit alive. And she will always be with you and with all of us because of the fact that you talk about her and those who knew her and loved her talk about her and the more we can talk about her and remember her and I never met her but I feel like I did from listening to you and seeing the photos and videos and you know I just think she would have gone on brilliant with my little man you know uh, they would have they would have had the crack together <laughs> be up to yeah. yeah 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 just a gorgeous personality and just full of life yeah and she lived her three and a half years she had a good life and that that saying of it's not the number of years but the quality of the years i i do feel like she had a good three and a half years and she fitted so much in there was very little she didn't fit in yeah so 
you know that gives comfort and thank you for having me and uh, apologies for all the tears I know two pregnant hormonal women in one room yeah <laughs> but thank you so much not at all thank you and uh, sure look at I'll be I'll be keeping an eye on your page following your pregnancy mm. Eileen thank you so so much thank you this was an extremely challenging conversation for Eileen but I really think that because of Annabelle will cherish her loved ones all the more. And that in itself is a beautiful legacy. You've been listening to Ready To Be Real Conversations. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.